This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Astro Lion. Houston proud and Houston strong. Sports Talk 790 Astro Line. Astro Line. The official preseason show of Astros baseball. This is where we talk about your Astros. Join the show. Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag AstroLine. How about the Astros? Live from West Palm Beach, Florida, Sports Talk 790 AstroLine starts now. Now, now, now. And welcome live from Duffy's Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach, Florida. We got a great show for you. Welcome to AstroLine, uh, the Astros off-season sports show, and it is live at Duffy's for four straight weeks. Four straight Sundays we'll be here. And this week we got a great show. We got a couple of young studs coming in to join us uh, today. Corey Lee uh, will be here with us in the next segment. And Justin Dearden, who hit a home run in the first spring training game for the Astros, uh, will join us in the third segment. And I'm joined today, by the way, I'm Steve Sparks, the Astros radio broadcaster. Good memory. Uh, alongside Jeff Blum. And he says, I have a good memory. Yes. Uh, who are you again? I am the beer chugging <laughs> sidekick. Very good. <laughs> Think about the spring training when when you and I were playing baseball and we were young and in camp. And think about what Corey and Justin are going through right now. They don't have guaranteed spots on the team. Close, right? But we've been in a situation yeah. where uh, we've had guaranteed spots and we haven't, and it's a much different scenario for those guys, isn't it? It absolutely is. Luckily, they're much more talented than we ever were, yeah. so uh, they're in a lot better shape. But, yeah, no, going into spring training, I mean, there's different phases, you know, showing up, trying to make a ball club. And, I, you know, I had a situation, and I'm sure you did too, where you show up and you're just trying to make a good impression. You know you're not going to break with the team, but you know if you leave a good enough taste in that manager's mouth, you're going to be able to maybe get a call later in that season. Or if they do get desperate and want to call a guy up, they go, oh, remember that Steve Sparks guy? He could knuckle the heck out of that ball. And then you come up and you make your appearance. But uh, spring is... Uh, <laughs> then I'm backing up third. What yeah. happened? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then you're showing your numbers to the, to the dugout as you're chasing it down. But, uh, no, it's good. It's fun. It's exciting. Those were the good times because there was a little more pressure on it. But when you had those guaranteed spots on a team, it's a little more leisurely. Make more tee times. That Yeah, I, I've said this a few times on air in games, especially early on, and they get some of the minor league call-ups from the minor league side. I did that one time, and I came up from minor league side and got to get into a big league game. And I don't care if it was in the major leagues in front of 40,000 people. This was a game against the Oakland A's in yep. Arizona. There was probably 1,500 people there. I've never been more nervous in my entire life than that one inning I got coming from minor league camp into a big league game because it, it, 
it just meant everything to me to be able to pitch in front of and against the major leaguers. And that's one thing that I always say on our broadcast is during these spring training games, if you are one of those younger guys and you have number 83 like I did on, on my back as I'm running mm-hmm. around trying to impress everybody, make them remember your name. Just make them write your name down somehow, some way. Hopefully it's in a good fashion so that you do lay, you know, right. do have that ability to come back or maybe break with the team. But uh, that for, I remember I faced Woody Williams – and I popped up to center field, just skyball, gave me a cookie, and I missed it, but it fell in for a base hit. And I'm running to first base, and I've got 83 on my back, and Mark McGuire's at first base. Oh, my God. And I'm just shaking with just like, You're standing next I, I don't to know McGuire. what's going on. And all of a sudden, he kind of puts his arm around me, goes, what is swing it, Jeff? And we both kind of giggled. I'm like, dude, this guy knows my name. Oh, my God. And that's when I was kind of like, dude, spring training is just a different animal where you're the big leaguers are, are kind of like relaxed and having a good time, but they recognize those guys that are trying to make it. I can't wait to get the Corey and Justin's take on, on what it feels like to, to face some of those guys that they watched on TV for the first time. Corey got a taste last year yep. uh, for the Astros and made his debut. And I'm curious what it felt like. You know, you remember some of those guys that you were facing that ended up being Hall of Famers, uh, but when you get to face those <laughs> I guys I contributed to that, yeah. Yeah, but Not you pinch yourself, don't you? Oh, I yeah. Mean, you had to put on your game face, but you pinch yourself when you finally uh You have at bats against some of those guys, and you almost go back laughing because you're like, dude, I just struck out against Randy Johnson. That was awesome. Yeah. Because you know, you've never seen anything like that. There's definitely a difference between those guys and everybody else. For you as a broadcaster right now, you're watching these spring training games. What do you look for? and a young player like Justin and Corey. Uh, For me, I like to see somebody who doesn't try to do too much, Mm -hmm. who looks like they know how they're playing the game, situational hitting, whatever it takes. They look like they know what they're doing right away. I, I want them to know what they're doing, but I also want that, that young man that's not going to be afraid to make a mistake. You know, I, Will Wagner is a guy who's been playing a great third base these last two games that we've been able to watch. Yep. He doesn't look intimidated. And then you see Dearden, Justin Dearden, who we're going to have on the show later, taking a big swing and taking a professional swing, going to the opposite field, showing some power. So that's what I want to see is how they put these at-bats together. And I also want to see them not be afraid to make mistakes. Because if you get a little bit tentative, you're going to get exposed in this game. You've got to be aggressive with your talent. How fun is it now? I mean, it's been three years. I mean, the pandemic hit. You know, things changed a lot here in spring training in 2020, obviously. But now we're getting back out here. We're starting to see some of our friends uh, back out here at Duffy's Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach. And it feels good again, doesn't it? It's the way it should be. Yeah. You, you know that as well as I do. Calling games in an empty stadium, not seeing ushers, not seeing personnel that we're used to saying hi to and having conversations about and talking about family and kids. And then all of a sudden you connect over social media and that's it. And it's kind of boring in that sense. Yeah. But now you get back into Duffy's Sports Grill. You start to get into the stadium. They're waving at you as you go down on the field to talk to some of the players. And that's the reality and the joy of the game for me is just being around everybody. And how fortunate are we to be in the city of Houston having this team playing as good as they are and having the fans that we have to engage with. That's, that's what I thing. love. That's the thing. I, I don't great. think I, I've ever experienced and And it's not just because the Astros are very, very good. No, but they're yeah. very passionate, and they, they feel a really strong bond to this group of players. Hey, Houston is a baseball town. Yeah. All right. See the games you want with the flexibility you deserve with Astros. Flex plans. Flex plans let you see the games you want from the seats you want. For the best price all season long, it's Astros Baseball on your terms. Learn more and build your flex plan today at astros.com slash ticket plans. You're listening to Astroline, uh, Steve Sparks, and Jeff Blum. We're going to be joined by Astros catcher Corey Lee right after this. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. The Houston Astros do it again. 2022 World Series champions. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. Your Astros are world champions, and the Astros team store has all the best gear to celebrate. Get the official World Series champions on-field collection, plus jerseys, hats, T-shirts, memorabilia, and more today. Visit Astros.com slash team store for store hours and information. 1-1. That's a broken bat, and that's just through. They're drawing an infield, and then a left for a base hit. Myers scores, and Corey Lee has his first big league hit and first big league RBI. Two to nothing Astros. They'll get the baseball there. Corey Lee gets his first hit as a major leaguer, and a lot of time, Robert, hitters will keep that bat, and they'll put that into some kind of a case, too, and that bat in particular will be in two parts. Absolutely shattered it. Here's the one-two. Breaking pitch, and it's pulled, and it gets by the third baseman machine. One run will score. They'll send Myers as well. He's going to score. And Corey Lee ends up on second base. The Astros lead 4-0. And Corey Lee now with three RBIs in this ballgame. Talking with Maldonado about Corey Lee. And Maldonado saying that he thinks Corey Lee could become like JT Real Muto. Like that sort of catcher. Wow. That's extremely high praise. Round ball up the middle. And that squirts through for a base hit. A three-hit day for Corey Lee in his second big league start. And welcome back to Astroline. And you just heard Corey Lee's first three hits as a Major League Baseball You're player. You're a mess. You are a mess, Jeff Blum. You are a mess. Corey Lee, yeah. in his second start as a Major League catcher last summer for the world champion Houston Astros, had three hits against uh, the Oakland A's in front of a lot of friends and family. Tell us about that day. It was a good time. Like you said, it was in front of a lot of friends, a lot of family. Obviously, a golden bear right in front of yeah, me as well. Yeah, just down the road from where yeah, you played exactly. in college. It was, it was 15 minutes away from the, the field I got to play at three years ago. And um, it was incredible, man. And Especially getting the first hit out of the way, it kind of makes you feel a little bit more comfortable. And having that game was, was a good game for me. And um, kind of got my feet wet in baseball and had a good time doing it. Yeah, nothing better than doing it in front of friends and family because then you can turn around and go, thanks for supporting me, and I told you I could do it, right? Yep. Where is that baseball? Did you keep it? What yeah, do you, where do you like, have it? I got it in an extra room in, the, in my house, especially with the bat. I had to tape the bat together, obviously, <laughs> just because it was a broken bat. A couple of carpenter bat. nails. Yep. yep, taped it together, so it's hanging up in there, and I'm, uh, I, I look at it every day, so it's, it's pretty cherishing. 
everybody says that the best hitters get have more broken bats because they let the ball get a little deeper, and that's that's what you're going to tell your kid in about 15 years. Yeah, it's always been a thing. I've always broken a bat. Um, I always just like to swing. So. Yep. Uh, tell us about uh, your progression. So as a catcher, I know your brother, uh, older brother, was kind of uh, uh, instrumental in you wanting to catch because he was a catcher. But tell us about your relationship with him and how you became a catcher. Yeah, he, uh, he kind of paved a good pathway for me to be a catcher. He's 10 years older than me. I got to be a bat boy watching him grow up and um, watching him play in college baseball at UCSD. And he was a gold gold catcher, so I got to see a pretty good catcher in front of me and kind of teaching me the way and um, talking the mental game. He's also with the Mariners now and um, talked to you guys about that a little bit. And he, he's diving into the mental game and every day, and he, he really strives to get me better at that, and I think that kind of takes yourself to the next level. And um, that's been a big, big impact on my life, and especially in the baseball world. Yeah, it's nice. He, like you said, he's the mental coach out in Seattle. What What are your conversations like in the offseason normally, and what were they like after the first round of the playoffs last year? Yeah, it's uh, it's just kind of like an everyday thing. Um, I the way the best way to describe him is that that's this is his life. Um, he thinks about that way in just everyday life, and our conversations just kind of dive into um, how you're thinking when you're going up to the plate, how you're thinking when I'm calling a game. Um, especially now, you're going to have all these rules in play, and I'm going to have yeah. to start thinking about those things. Um, so it's just trying to prioritize the way that you think in the game, and um, I think he does a really, really good job about that. I think about the situation, Corey, that you guys are in as young catchers on a team with a veteran like Martin Maldonado. You guys have an opportunity to learn from one of the best. Can you tell us about some of the things he's taught you so far? Um, just trying to handle a pitching staff. Obviously, you got... 15 pitchers on a, on a staff right now, especially in spring, you're trying to learn about what they're trying to do during the spring, what they did in the off season, and um, what it's in, what's going to really work in the game. Um, so I think that's the main priority, obviously, here in spring, is just trying to connect with the pitchers, and um, he does a really, really good job of that on and off the field, talking about how they how they are just feeling, because that, that kind of carries onto the field in, in our everyday life. Yeah, it's a pretty unique spring training. You know, during the offseason, there was a lot of talk. Obviously, Martin Maldonado is going to be here. Christian Vasquez goes to Minnesota. So there's a vacancy in that second spot or that backup position. And you and Yiner Diaz come into spring training battling for that position. How did you approach your offseason? Did you approach it in a sense that you were going to work on something in particular? Or how did you get ready for this, this spring? Um, I was just trying to catch a lot of pitchers. Um, we had Presley there. We had your Kitty there at, in Houston. So I was getting along nice. with them, trying to get their bullpens in, and obviously just trying to get my body ready to catch because I think it's the the most obviously not the hardest position. But um, you get paid to do shortstop. You get paid to do the pitcher. But I think it's the most physically tasking position in, on on the field. So I think um, that was my main priority, just trying to last and just trying to um, prioritize that. You remember toward the, the end of last season, what went on in your mind thinking about, I need to get better at this coming into spring training next year? Um, I think the defense just kind of plays for itself. Um, as a catcher, you're the leader out there, and you got to kind of hold it down for the whole defense, and you're, you're calling the plays, basically. You're yep. the quarterback. Um, so I think just, just trying to hammer out the defensive part and um, really just trying to polish that game will obviously just take me to the next level. And you talked about the physicality of being a catcher these days. Obviously, everybody's pumping 100 miles an hour and spin rates are off the charts and they're just firing it at you as hard as they possibly can. But I think with, 
We'll get into the new rules a little bit, but already the game is already cerebral. You've got to understand what's going on before the, before the game starts, and then when you get in the game, you've got to react, punch numbers into wristbands, make sure the pitch comm is going, and keep those pitchers under control. How do you feel that you are at that psychological or mental side of the game? Because I know that you went to a pretty cerebral university at, at the University of California. Hmm. I've got to bring that up every time. Interesting. Yeah. yeah more, it's so, more so than Sam Houston. <laughs> Slightly. <laughs> It's difficult, man. It's it's obviously like you said, like I said earlier, it's the quarterback. Um, you're running the offense. You're running the defense, basically, and you're getting the plays in. You're getting the calls in. When I'm coming back from backing up first base, I'm putting in the pitch call, and I'm trying to get that to the pitcher as soon you're as possible. Doing, you're doing it that quick. I'm I'm trying to hammer it out as fast as possible, just wow. because so the pitcher has all the time in the world for him to to pitch for the 15 seconds or whatever it is. Um, obviously, it's going to be a little bit of getting used to just the physicality part, the conditioning, because obviously you're running back and forth on the field and trying to get the game going. So um, it's a little bit different, but at this, you can't really do anything about it. So you got to just kind of learn how to do it. Yep. We're talking to Corey Lee. You're listening to Asherline. We're at Duffy Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach on Clematis. And uh, I just want to ask, we're talking about the pitch timer a lot. The pace of the game has really sped up the first two games of spring. And then Overall, it's just going to be sped up to, to begin with. But in, for you in particular, how are these new rules, maybe even the bigger bases you might want to talk about, going to change what you do on a daily basis? really won't. Um, it's the baseball at the end of the day, and I just got to play my game. Um, if the rules kind of give me 0-1, then it gets me 0-1. Um, you just got to kind of play with it. There's mm -hmm. penalties in football. There's, there's penalties in all the sports. So now there's penalties in baseball. Um, you get 0-1, and you also get a ball. So There's also a second base bag a little closer to you as a baseball. Yeah, player. now I get a little <laughs> advantage on me. So Take maybe, advantage maybe of I can speed. get a stolen bag here and there, but I don't know about that. <laughs> What's the conversation like with everybody in the clubhouse? I know that, you know, spring training is almost half meetings, half playing the game. So, I, you know, how have those meetings gone, and what are the conversations between you and everybody in that dugout regarding some of these new rules? Is it something, like you said, that concerns you, or is it something you're like, ah, screw it, we're just going to play? I think it's just you just got to play the game, and obviously you're going to adjust, and over time we're going to get used to it. Um, there's a couple rules that went in a couple years ago, and now we're just completely used to it. The guy on second rule and extra innings, um, now we're, now we're kind of used to that, and obviously we had it in AAA, um, the time, the clock, the pickoff moves, all that stuff, so... The guys that are kind of coming up into the league now um, are kind of adjusted to it already. Um, I wouldn't say that the the veteran guys are probably going to have to get getting used to it, but um, a lot of the AAA, a lot of the AA guys have already been kind of doing it the last two years. Do, do any of the veteran guys come up to you and ask you about it? How did you deal with it, or is there, any, is there anything in particular that you found worked within those rules? I think like what I said earlier, just trying to get the pitch as soon as possible and um, just trying to delay that time just so the pitcher really has all the time in the world for him to, to decide when he's going to pitch rather than feeling like he's rushed to, to throw the ball. One thing that's changed since Jeff and I played in particular, but maybe just in the last five years, is for the catcher's position, we see a lot more catchers uh, get on one knee. So uh, a lot of that probably stemmed from getting uh, uh, underneath that low pitch to frame it a little, little better. Tell us what advantages going on one knee does for you. It just kind of cleans up my whole catching game. Um, trying, like you said earlier, catching these guys that are throwing as hard as they can and they're throwing the slider that's ending up in the other batter's box. Um, it just kind of made uh, made me catch easier. It made it made the position a little bit easier for myself. I'm a little bit more on the athletic side of a lot of catchers, so a lot of catchers just kind of can squat there and 
do what they want to do, but now I get to move because I'm already on the ground. And um, like you said, it takes me a lot to get under the pitch while I'm in a squat, so just kind of clean that up. And obviously, um, there's different positions, there's different situations that you could throw your body into, and um, just makes the whole game a little bit easier behind the plate for myself. When you get on a knee and there's a runner on base, is there anything you have to do to be sure that you can get out of that squat quickly? Yeah, every day you're just working on things. You're working on different positions. You're you're coming up with situations in your head on the bullpen, and you're um, you're just kind of putting yourself forward and you're putting yourself in that game to see, all right, can I block? Can I catch? Can I throw? Um, you're just kind of checking off all those boxes, and um, it's just a daily a daily thing. You're coming up with new new ideas. Obviously, the game's always adjusting, and you got to adjust to the game. So. Yeah. So when you come into a spring training, we talked about the situation you are in with the possibility of earning a spot to break on opening day. What what are the conversations? Is Dusty Baker t- D- B- Dusty Baker? Good lord, take you into his office and have the conversation, or is it Josh Miller having the conversation? How does that work out? Does anybody in particular on the coaching staff pull you aside and say, "This is what we've got to do, Corey"? Yeah, I think they're just all just pushing us. Um, they're pushing Yiner and I really, really hard to just be the best catcher that we can be, um, especially on the defensive side. The hitting is it will always come. Um, I say I think both of us are pretty good hitters, especially as catchers. And at the end of the day, our, our defense wins championships, as you can see last year. And um, I think that's the main priority for both of us right now. And they're both ch- their pitching staff is challenging us. The Dana Brown's challenging us. Dusty's challenging us. So it's a, it's a good kind of pressure to have. And um, I'm excited for it. And I think um, we're in a really, really good spot, either with Yiner or with myself also. What did you notice about this Astros clubhouse when you walked in there midseason last year? Uh, there's a different feeling about this team. Uh, we used to see it with the Yankees years back. They had that aura about them, and, and I think the Astros have it now. Can you feel it when you walk in there? It's contagious. It's a, it's a winning it's a winning place. It's a winning locker room, and you it's not like it's you expect to lose every day. You're expected to win, and um, I think that's a really really good mentality come, to come into the game because the game's really really hard. So. Um, the game, the the teammates around me always know how to win, and I think it's a building a really really good culture to have, especially with the young guys that we have coming up. Um, it teaches us the right way to play baseball. Well, that's what's interesting too is I think that culture that you guys are talking about it has to filter down into the lower levels because if you're not encouraging that idea when you get to the big leagues, it's going to be a shock to the system. So how do you in AAA with a lot of the guys who have a lot of big league time? How do you guys keep continue to battle and continue with that mindset, even though you're not doing it at the big league level? Just pushing each other, man. It's it's a uh, it's a good it's a good locker room out in Sugarland as well. You got Mickey Story as a manager. That's that's really really beneficial to us. He's a player's he's a player the manager. He likes to talk to you, but at the end of the day, he he wants what's best for you to be up in the big leagues. Um, you got all the hitting coaches. They're they're there for you. You got all the pitching staff that's working with you every single day. So it's a, like you said, it's a whole organization thing. Um, we're building a culture. It's building a winning culture, and um, it's it's a really really good time to be an Astro right now. So we're we're really excited to, about this this team. Let's talk about some of the pitchers right now. Who's the toughest guy to to catch and, and really? Uh, make the pitches uh, appear to look good. Who, who's tough to center? You got everyone, man. You got you got the electric <laughs> stuff from Hunter Brown. You got electric stuff from Stanek. Obviously, at the back end, you got Presley that throws the curveball. You got Valdez that throws everything, and he, he just gets everybody out. Um, it's a it's a really really 
interesting and and it makes sense that they're the best pitching staff in the in the league every year year in year in year out. What do you want to know from a relief pitcher when he comes into the game? Do you ask him specific questions like anything feel better than others? Yeah, we kind of talk about that before, like during the week of of what situation they're going to come into and okay. hopefully what their um, what their role is for that week against this certain team. Um, so we kind of dealt with that before the game and um, obviously I'm asking him how he feels um, I want to ask him what the first pitch he's going to throw in that inning also because and it's a good communication we're on the same page and it starts the inning off really, really well. What's a routine for you like? Gosh it, it's crazy as a catcher you've got to catch so many bullpens on a daily basis. How do you carve out time for you to get in the cage and work on that offensive side? Yeah you got to be there early you got you to be the first one to show up and you're usually the last one to leave um, especially <laughs> as that position. Um, it's, it's something that you signed up for and obviously going in the minor leagues you, you kind of learn that role and um, we, we work really really hard and I think that's why the catchers get the role of not hitting too well, but hopefully we can we could change that that kind of type of uh, catcher. Last thing from me for Corey Lee: What kind of offensive player do you think you can become? What what do you envision? It could be anything, man. It's um, every year you can be something different. You mm-hmm. can you can hit for power one year, and then the next year you're going to hit for average. Um, as long as you're you're doing what's right for the team at that time, and obviously my role would be a little bit different. We got Jordan Alvarez, you got Alex Bredbing, you have. You have all these guys that, that are in the lineup. Kyle Tucker, you have Jeremy Pena, and you, it's, it's incredible. And those guys um, are, are really, really true true talent to watch. So um, whatever it is I got to do, if it's, a, if it's fun, if it's a hit, if I got to hit a homer, whatever, homers are cool. So, <laughs> No, it's good. You've been able to make adjustments all the way up as far as your swing is concerned. So I don't think that's an issue as far as I'm concerned, or I'm sure coaches too, because – You've got to be able to make those adjustments. But is there anybody on this roster when you're playing in the game that you watch their at-bats or anybody around the league where you watch their at-bats or maybe try and grab something from the way they approach the game? Uh, Michael Brantley, man. He, you watch him play He's good. The, the last 10 years. Or That's a good years. one. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. To, he didn't even play last year, and you're still watching his at-bats from years past. And it's incredible the way that he, he controls the strike zone, obviously. Then you got Alex Bregman that has the most walks and and the league basically and he has the he has the eye of of the best baseball player in the world honestly and um so it's 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 really really impressive to watch all these guys and you can kind of pick and choose what you want to get from from each of them and um it's it's really 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 cool to be a part of it it's funny it comes down to swinging at pitches that you can do damage with right that's it man. and that's what those guys do as well it's amazing it's i mean you know from catching it frustrates the heck out of a pitcher when these guys lay off these dirty pitches on the outside corner all of a sudden as a hitter you got to get back on the plate, or you have you have the ability to anticipate a strike. You're more ready to hit. Yeah, you got to at, at this day. Sometimes you just sit on it, and if, if they throw three of the the different pitches, then you tip your cap, and you know what? It's yep, it's, yep. it's on to the next one because um, that's that's the name of the game. And sometimes they get you, but at the end of the day, hopefully you'll get them. All right, that's Corey Lee. Corey, thanks for joining us. Uh, we were looking forward to this. Uh, you always, uh, always have been do, generous yeah. with your time. We appreciate that. Absolutely. But Thank you guys. Best of luck, man. This is going to be an exciting year for you. Thank you. We're excited, yeah, we're for, excited you. for you, man. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank be you. back with more of Ashline. We've got Justin Dearden next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Come out to Minute Maid Park March 3rd through 5th for the 2023 Shriners Children's College Classic. This three-day tournament will feature a star-studded field with four ranked top 25 teams. The talented tournament includes Rice, Texas Christian University, Michigan, Texas Tech, Louisville, and Texas A&M. So come out wearing your favorite college colors and cheer on your team for some of the best college baseball of the season. For tickets and more information, visit astros.com slash collegeclassic. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros Spring Ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com slash spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros, the Palm Beaches. And that'll bring up Justin Dearden for the Astros. 24 homers, 101 RBIs between Corpus Christi and Sugarland to go along with a 302 average and a 384 on base percentage. 1-1. And that's lifted to left center and deep. Going back, Ramirez onto the warning track at the wall. See you later. Justin Dearden goes deep. And it's 2-1 to one, New York. Boy, going the other way, too. Lift and separate. Left field onto the berm. And welcome to spring training camp. Justin Dearden continues to wow the Astros organization. And welcome back to Astroline, and I bet you can guess who our next guest is. It's Justin Dearden, who made his debut for the Astros in spring training yesterday, and in his first at-bat, as you heard, he went deep. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Doesn't get any better than that. It was absolute, uh, can't dream it any better than that, honestly. Floating around the bases, I'm sure. Anything going through your mind that you remember? Oh, goodness, nothing really. I was like, I got to do something. (laughs) I got to point to the dugout. I got to do something for the cameras. I got to, so... Yeah, there's nothing like getting your first see you later. That's a, that's a big moment in your career right there. Hopefully many more. What what were you thinking as you were walking to the plate? I mean, that, like, Mark, you said that's your first at bat in a big league camp. I mean, that had to be pretty wild just to be digging in there. Yep. Uh, first thing um, coming up there, I just remember Dusty saying before the game, like, especially for the younger guys, you know, go up there, be aggressive, swing at more things um, than you think, even if it's a bad pitch, you know, try and show what you can do up there. And, that's pretty, good, that. that's pretty good advice. It relaxes you, I'm sure. Exactly, yeah. You know, take a breath, you know, try and think about what Dusty said, you know, get it going. How long did you have to think about uh, after you got the big league invite? How Was it a month to, to think about coming into camp with all these guys? Yeah, it was, um, I think it was about two or three weeks. Um, I remember I was down, actually, Minute Maid a little bit, um, kind of working with um, different coaches and things on defense. And okay. then I think right when I got home, I got the call. Um, and then I had about two or three weeks to kind of mentally prepare for all that. And, um, you know, I probably had to use all the two or three weeks for that. But, but it was good. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you were an undrafted free agent. 2020 was a ridiculous year all the way around for everybody across the country, but especially in baseball, only five rounds. Did you explain that process in 2020? Because if you're undrafted, did you have several teams calling you? Was there a particular reason the Astros called? How did that whole situation work out? Yeah. Um, I was talking with a few teams. A few teams did reach out. Um, and the Astros really were the only ones interested. Um, you know, um, Jim Stevenson, the guy who um, was scouting me, he was, he, was, he was on me from pretty much day one. Um, I remember he followed me in JUCO on Twitter. Um, 
And up until then, he's like, man, I've always loved what, what you've been doing on the field and been watching you. And, um, you know, they wrote it out to the end. And I ended up saying yes to them. So, but. When you come to an, uh, an organization like the Astros, one of the first things you think about, obviously the, the winning track record, but it's also the analytics. And you're kind of into that, weren't you? Yeah, um, big, big into the analytics. Um, I remember um, my coach telling me in college, you know, especially for the Astros, you know, they're, they're big into the numbers, you know, big into exit velocity, big into launch angle, things of that nature compared to the other, or the other organizations. And, um, you know, I was, I was coming from a small college, so we didn't really have a bunch of that. We had, you know, um, my last year there, we got a, um, uh, a track or uh, hit tracks. So, mm -hmm. like, you know, we finally got the up on the screen, you know, we got the launch angle. I was like, man, what, what even is that? You know what I mean? Um, so it was kind of a shell shot coming into here, you know, getting all that stuff thrown at you. But um, it's, for, it's for the best. It's for the best, for sure. So what are you looking for in your swing in those analytics, and how do you adjust? For me, um, you know, I'm trying to see the ball um, typically between, you know, 10 and 30 degrees. Um, you know, and obviously the harder you hit, the ball the better, for sure. Um, but for me, it's really, really keeping the launch angle down. For me, coming in, coming in a pro ball, it was a lot of under the ball. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of popping up the ball, so I'm really, really working on, especially with all the hop people are throwing nowadays, you know, I'm sure um, Corey alluded to, but, you know, all the hop, you really got to get on top of that ball. So for me, it's being able to get on top and through the ball. That's what I noticed, and Jeff and I were talking about it yesterday, is you getting on top of a high pitch, the very yeah, short you, stroke. Yeah, I mean, you did exactly what you said you were trying to do. When a pitch yep. is elevated, you have to be shorter, don't you? Yep, 100%. And, you know, especially, obviously, with the hop, you know, they're always hitting that top rail. Mm -hmm. um, so you have, you know, a shorter window in order to get to that ball, for sure. Do you try to stay off of that top rail, or are you fine with it? Oh, man, it looks so good. I'm always swinging at that thing, but, um, you know, for my swing, I, I need to, you know, stay a little bit down more away. Um, but, you know, you know, when that ball gets up there, I'm, I'm typically swinging for sure. Sure. Yeah. And so those numbers you're shooting for, you've had two minor league seasons with the Astros, mm -hmm. a 939 OPS. That's pretty legit. 900 is, at like, elite. Mm -hmm. um, but you're very good at getting on base. What was it, 389 last season, I believe, getting on base, and then the 550 slug. How talk to talk a little bit as a young hitter trying to incorporate both of those because sometimes it's hard for guys to get on base and slug. Mm -hmm. So how do you do both of those at the same time? Yeah, um, you know, I always think about trying to hit the ball first. I try to be as aggressive as possible. Um, you know, trying to get those doubles or even stretching the singles into doubles. So I always try and you know put slugging before on base per se. Um, but obviously, the more aggressive you are, you know, you might not get deep into the counts and get walks and things of that nature because you're always trying to put the ball in play. Um, you know, I try not to think too much about, you know, getting on base or things of that nature. I just try and go up there and be aggressive, put a, put a bear on the ball, and hopefully good things happen for sure. Justin, you went to a small college you alluded to in Missouri. Uh, the competition, I'm sure you faced a, a few good pitchers along the way, but none on a consistent basis like you see now. Yeah. How did you make that adjustment so quickly? Oh, man, uh, for me, you know, going in the offseason, you know, once I first got up here and, you know, they were really teaching me about um, how the fastball can move up with the hop, mm -hmm. um, I really stuck with machine work. A lot of machine work, you know, cranking that um, bottom dial up, having that ball get a good backspin on it. Okay. And that, you know, that exposed me really quickly of, you know, getting underneath the ball. So So tell us that drill. Are you, you get the machine pretty close? For me, I love it close. So yeah. 45 feet or so? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, close. Um, the, because that um, really exposes you with wasted movement. You yep. know, if you're doing a little bit too much, you know, you're not going to hit it, obviously. Um, and then, obviously, cranking that bottom dial up to let that ball kind of spin up through the zone. Um, or you can use, like, squishy balls. A lot of squishy balls, you know, that got a lot more spin on there. So um, that'll definitely 
plans the hop for sure, and then you know that allow you to get on top of the ball. So you choose to sign with the Astros, and you're you're in an organization now that is consistently going out there and winning championships, and there's a bit of a log jam at the big league level because these guys are so good, so established. How do you feel about being in the organization? I mean, it's got to be kind of tough to have the idea. I go out and drive, drive in 101 runs. I'm going to move a little bit, but at the same time, the ultimate goal is to get to the big leagues. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I had that conversation the other day um, talking about, um, you know, in terms of depth of different organizations, you know, you're always looking at the big league level, you know, will you might have a spot up there or will you not? And, um, you know, as a player, you always have to look at that for sure because that's the ultimate goal, like you said. Um, but, you know, looking back in the past two years, being in pro ball, getting to where I've been, um, you know, I'm happy, of course, for sure. Um, so we'll obviously let this year play out, see how it goes, and then, you know, hopefully get the opportunity, maybe not. But at, at, at this moment, you know, you know I'm kind of happy where I am for sure. Talking with Justin Dearden, who played in double-A and triple-A for the Astros last year and, and lit it up. Um, outfield, you're an outfielder. You play all three outfield positions. Center field is probably your favorite, right? Mm -hmm. 100%, yeah. Getting out there, being able to see kind of the whole field, you mm -hmm. know, get to see where that ball is pitched, uh, more specifically than on the corners. Um, easier reads and things of that nature. Um, I love it out there. Yeah. What have you learned about stolen bases? I know you're picking up some bags, too. Are you learning some little nuance? Yeah, um, definitely could get better at that for sure. Um, you know, obviously different counts, um, working at different hitters at the plate. You know, every, there's a bunch of different variables. Um, anything from getting your lead off the base or whatever it may be. Um, so definitely working with coaches to get better at that because that's an offensive area of my game, um, in my opinion, that I can definitely get a lot better at, allow, allow to stretch them singles into doubles. Um, but... Yeah, it should be, should be good. Where's your locker at in spring training? Are you getting, are you next to a couple of veterans or? Yeah, right next to McCormick actually. So, okay. Um, um, whenever so, we so come, you don't get to talk. No, I was going to say he, he dominates. <laughs> he, doesn't he, he loves to talk. He loves to talk. But I'm listening. I love to listen. Yep. I'm not the biggest talker in the world. So whenever he talks, I typically shut up and I'll listen for sure. That's great. Is there anybody you're following around when you get into big league camp? Because you know there there's certain positions like we're talking about in the outfield. You go migrate towards one of the better defensive guys, and on the F offensive side. There might be somebody that you go kind of hit or watch hit in the cage. Is there anybody that you're kind of just tagging along, trying to see what they do? Yeah, um, on the defensive side, for sure, I'll be watching Tucker, obviously, um, out there. And obviously, Brantley, what, um, what he's limited what he's able to do. I'll watch him in the outfield. But um, being able to watch Tucker, we were doing some balls the other day, and I was like, man, he just makes it look so easy. Like, what is he doing? And I'm talking with the coach. He's like, man, he's getting that glove up there early. You know, he's blocking out the sun a little bit earlier. Okay. And I'm like, man, okay, okay, let's do that. And you find those, you kind of were talking with Corey earlier, finding those different things you can pick and prod and maybe pull into your game um, from different players. But from the offensive side, um, I really like Brantley. You know, he has the lefty, you know, hitting 300 pretty much every year, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So being able to find what he can do in his swing, how he's creating that different timings maybe, how he's picking up those different pitches, whatever it's got to be. Um, yeah, I try and find and maybe incorporate in my game for sure. Where did the love for baseball for you show up? You grew up in, in St. Louis. Uh, I'm sure you're a Cardinals fan, but mm -hmm. who were the players you looked up to? Yeah, um, you know, when I was little, actually, I, I first played soccer. I was a little chubby kid, so my parents were bringing me into different sports trying to have me lose some weight, but I was always touching the ball. Um, so I was always trying to throw the ball in the net. So they're like, okay, maybe this ain't going to work. Um, so they put me into baseball, so that's kind of where it really fell in love with it, and that kind of took off from there. Um, but um, what was the second half of that question? I uh, who you looked up to? Yes, uh, Scott Rowland. I remember um, mm. Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, a lot of the older guys um, up in the St. Louis organization. You know, 
Uh, Jim Edmonds is one of my favorite because I was an outfielder for sure. I was always yep. trying to imitate, but um, obviously Albert Pujols as well, you know, sitting in the backyard playing yep. tennis ball, trying to imitate his swing. Um, he's one of the big ones for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's kind of unique that you're down here in Houston considering all the history that St. Louis has against the yeah, Astros exactly. in the National League Central. Yeah. Uh, what, what are goals for you in spring training? And then after spring training, what are, what are some goals for you? Yeah, um, for sure, just showing what I got. Um, going up there, being aggressive to different pitches. Um, you know, I heard you guys earlier talk about, you know, being more aggressive on defense for sure. Um, you know, if, and if you make a mistake, you make a mistake, whatever. But um, going out there, maybe showing some speed on the bases, trying to show if I can steal or play, make a play in the gap. Um, you know, whatever, it's got to be a stretch of single and a double, just showing what I got on the field for sure. Any intimidation factor for you, or do you have a chip on your shoulder? Um... I wouldn't say I have a chip on my shoulder yet. Um, maybe, maybe a little bit, just um, from how uh, how little maybe amount of teams talk to me. I guess um, on the 2020 draft for sure. Yep. Um, but you know, coming up here, you know, just trying to show what I got. 100%. Tell you what, when you get called up to the big leagues, who is the one pitcher that you're looking forward to facing? Is there anybody out there you're just like, I can't wait to step in against this guy? Great question. Um, man, I would have to say. I would, have, I would have to say Verlander for sure. You know, watching him um, pitch, obviously, in the organization for a long time. You know, obviously he's got elite stuff, and I've never stepped in the box, you know, to face him, but I would love to see what he's got um, in their first person. What's the conversations like uh, in the upper minor leagues with the Astros right now? Because you guys are watching these guys rack up trophies and rings and, and all this stuff. There's a... There's a level of excellence going on within this organization, and you see so many guys get called up to the big leagues and flourish when they get there. Mm -hmm. Eight out of the nine last eight of the last nine years, the Astros have had a rookie of the year finish in the top five. Wow. So when somebody comes up like Jeremy Pena last year, they're ready. Mm -hmm. They're doing something down there in development to get guys ready. Uh, do you feel like you can be a part of that? 100%. Yeah. Um, like you said, there's, there's a level of excellence and, you know, there's a standard that's being set. And You, know, you guys talk about that among yourselves? We, as players? Yeah. Um, we do. Uh, we do a little bit for sure, but it, it even goes without saying, you know, you go up there and you see, what was it, uh, past five years, you know, four years in the postseason or whatever it is, you know, two World Series championships, you know, it kind of goes without saying, but there's definitely a level of standard and excellence that yep. uh, we have to we have to meet in order to be a part of that culture and that team up there at the big league level. And I think I can be a part of that for sure. What's the craziest thing Chaz has said next to you in that locker room? <laughs> oh, man, he just shared a story today. There's no way I can say that You can't repeat there. it? No shot. That, no shot. That's we, we, shocking. We can't even quickly, like, just edit it just a little bit. I don't think there's a way, man. I <laughs> did it pertain? Way, but I laughed so did hard. Did it pertain to a mailman? It did not. Okay. What? I don't know. I okay. just made that up. I was yeah. say, is that a story this is, you told This you? is Steve Sparks. <laughs> <laughs> He's nothing, nothing crazy. I mean, anything other than the, the story today? Like, what did he say to you when you first walked into the clubhouse and realized you were going to be locker mates? Um, honestly, I, I'm, I'm a pretty quiet guy. I try and keep it pretty chill. Um, so he didn't really That's why much. they put you next to Chad. Exactly. I'll <laughs> let him do all the talking for sure. Um, but, yeah, I try and keep it quiet. I try and let... Um, let the big leaguers do what they're doing, you know, try not to incorporate myself too much and just kind of let them do them. And hopefully they can give me something into my game. And then once I get to know them a little bit, I'll talk to them. Well, and how, we sure. were just, Sparky was just talking about how successful this clubhouse has been. What, how interesting is it to be in a clubhouse where you expect everybody to just kind of be aloof and off on their own championships, but these guys are not like that at all. No, hundred no, percent. Yeah. I remember, I think it was two days ago actually when, um, 
when I first came in, you know, they were doing um, they were doing some over at the table over there, and it just struck me. I was like, man, the chemistry on this team is is unreal. Like it's obviously I haven't played at this high of a level in my whole life, but um, you know, coming in here and feeling that, I was like, man, there's there's something here that you know a lot of other teams aspire to have and that they don't have for sure. Everybody tries to learn from each other. It looks like mm-hmm. as well. Hundred percent. Yeah. Last thing for me. Uh, just so the fans can kind of get to know you a little bit better. Yep. Better. Justin Dearden likes to do what in the off season? What, what What are your hobbies? What do you like to do to hang out? Yeah. Uh, well, this past off season we had a kid. Um, oh, great! So um, a little daughter. Congratulations! Little Thank you. Very um, much. So congratulations. That's taken up a lot of my time. But other than that, man, I love to travel. I've been down to Cabo. We were talking about. He's got nice. on his way up here. He's got some fishing poles at his back. back talking seat. about Corey. Yeah. Nice. Corey. Yeah. Corey had some fish poles in his back seat. And he's like, man, have you gone fishing down here yet? And I was like. No, not yet, man. I've, I've been down to Cabo. I haven't been on the water yet, but I'm afraid to be a little seasick. But I, You know, your manager likes to fish down here. Is he really? Yeah, he's got a bunch of poles here. Oh, I do remember yeah, that. He, yeah, he and Darren are going out all the time. They're roommates, and they yeah. go fishing all the time. There's a yeah. few buddies down here that, um, that borrowed some poles from him a few years ago, actually. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to see if he wants to go fishing one time. There you go. <laughs> no, we appreciate you coming on. It, yeah. It's great meeting you. The introduction you gave us yesterday was phenomenal, so Ooh, I hope that uh, we continue to talk about you. And best of luck to you this uh, season, Justin. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, get this in. Gear up for the 2023 season at the Astros Team Store. Shop the latest hats, shirts, jerseys, and commemorative items, including world championship gear today. Visit Astros.com slash Team Store for store hours and information. You were listening uh, to Astroline. We're at Duffy's Sports Grill in downtown West Palm Beach. We'll be right back. Spring training is back in the Palm Beaches this spring. Experience Astros baseball, plus the best beaches, dining, and entertainment after the game. There's nothing better than Astros spring ball in sunny Florida. For tickets and more, visit astros.com spring to book your trip. Plan your visit now to the spring training home of the Houston Astros. The Palm Beaches. Your Houston Astros are World Series champions. World Series champion. And now they look to end the 2023 season the same way. Become an Astros season ticket holder now to catch all the action as the Astros go for the repeat. Get access to every game, including opening day and postseason. And it's madness in our house again. Plus, enjoy exclusive benefits only offered to season ticket holders. Witness the golden era of Astros baseball. Visit Astros.com slash season tickets today. The Astros Championship Trophy Tour, presented by Wood Forest National Bank, is here. Relive the magic of the Astros 2022 World Series run as the Commissioner's Trophy makes its way to over 100 stops in Texas and surrounding areas. For your chance to see the World Series trophy, visit Astros.com slash trophy to see where the trophy is headed next. Your Houston Astros leveled up this season and won the World Series. And the Houston Astros do it again. World Series champion. Stop by the Astros Union Station team store to pick up your World Series champion jerseys, T-shirts, hats, and commemorative items to celebrate the Astros' second World Series title. The Astros team store has everything you need to shop for that special someone. Stop by Monday through Saturday for the latest Astros merchandise. Or visit Astros.com slash team store to learn more. Astros mini plans for the 2023 season are available now. Lock in your seats for the best giveaways, biggest matchups, or brightest fireworks show with Astros mini plans. See the games you want with the flexibility you need. Visit astros.com slash ticket plans to learn more. That was Jeff Blum. Man. That, that was, was delicious. That was really nice. That was 
precious. Precious. Uh, first precious. of four here at Duffy's Sports Grill, downtown West Palm Beach at, at Duffy's. And uh, that was a good one. Corey Lee and Justin Dearden. Oh, that's a heck killed of a way it. to start things off. Are you kidding Can me? Can you imagine being as composed as those two were at, no. at their age? No. Not Even at your age. God, no. Yeah, I still have issues with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. These guys come into the league now, and they're polished, they've they're been ready. But, you know, the experience and, you know, knowing that they're 24, 25 years old, they've got, uh, you know, the, the collegiate competition under the belt. They, they come Showcases. Into the, they, yeah, showcases, whatever it is. They come into this situation prepared, not just physically, mentally, but... Uh, this is all part of it. The media yeah. is part of it, and it's everywhere these days. And they're they're great to us for showing up, number one, but they're also a great conversation too. That's it, and, you know. And for these guys to be able to absorb the information and learn Man. from some of these guys in the clubhouse right now, to be able to be the the crop of the next wave of this Astros team to keep this thing this train rolling. But but isn't that the idea? Is to have this generation right now that is in the big leagues for the Astros, giving that information to the younger group, so it. So this winning, quote-unquote, window continues because the talent is already good, but right. then you give them the information that we're talking about at the big league level, yeah. and it just transfers and continues to go out there and succeed. And if you're a front off front office of a team like the Astros or a general manager, you have to start looking at your roster and make sure that you're pushing some of these yeah. guys from the minor leagues into the system because you can't have 20 guys making too much money, right? Not this day and age, unless you're going to the New York Mets or the San Diego Padres. Right, but you got to have a few of these guys coming up and making closer to the minimum so everything in that structure fits more nicely. It's economically sound, but it's also great to have that infusion of youth and exuberance coming in with some of these uh, you know, some of these younger guys. You get rid of that complacency when you know that you're being pushed from behind. And don't you remember that uh, when you were at the latter stages of your career, it was the young guys that gave you energy on a daily basis. It's kind of funny. You're right. You do kind of grab towards those guys and it's you actually do. it's really interesting you bring that up because my last two years were in Arizona mm -hmm. and there was a young man who got called up played in the Woodlands played at Texas State and now he's a gold glove first baseman for the that? St. Louis Cardinals Paul Goldschmidt and I just kept following him around because he, 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 he was, was excited at, he, he was excited he wanted to have the conversation about the game and the more we talked the more I learned about him and the more I learned about the game also because the, there was a good I mean it was a 15 year gap in between when I get in the big leagues and when he's getting in the big leagues. So it was really good for me to understand where he was coming from. I read an article a couple of weeks ago uh, before I got here to spring training, but the, the guys were already trickling in. And a couple of the players were talking about Abreu, Jose Abreu. Man. Uh, was holding court. He was talking hitting with that some of these guys. And they were, they were spitting information already. And, you know, it's new stuff. This is somebody they haven't played with. He's gotten ideas from somewhere else. And, Man, they're firing back and forth already. They're still hungry to learn, and that's the thing about this team. You don't have to worry about complacency one single bit with this, with this unit. No, there's one thing that has actually jumped out to me this season because they are the World Series champions from 2022, and it feels like the day after they won that championship, they almost said, okay, when's spring training? We yeah. want to get back at it and go out there and prove that we are good again. The chip on the shoulder, I don't know if it's a chip on the shoulder, but it's an absolute desire to go out there and continue to be great. And that's something you really can't teach. You can kind of absorb it. And it's interesting to hear Corey Lee, Justin Dearden talking about being around a guy like Michael Brantley yeah. because that is consistent excellence right there. And Alex Bregman is in that same uh, category. We've done two games now. 
anybody stand out uh, surprised you or, or opened your eyes a little bit? I mean, I knew Will Wagner was good, but it was yeah. just fun to watch him go out there and succeed, make some great plays at third base, and obviously having played with Billy for so long, it's just kind of, yeah. you know, that hey, that's my guy's son, you know, so it's kind of fun to see that. But I'm actually, you know, watching Corey Lee behind the plate, watching these guys a little more intently is what I'm looking forward to, looking at the rest of spring training. Yeah. For me, uh, I saw a sideline uh, bullpen session with Jaime Melendez today you or yesterday. You always do this to me. And I was fired up. I mean, I, I came away like is that, really uh, That's excited. your guy this year, right? Uh, you always have one so of these far. young guys you it's, pick out out of a bullpen it's early. session. Hey, I want to thank you, Blummer. Thanks for being here. Yeah, uh, my back is been killing a pleasure. Me. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Thank Josh C., studio engineer Matt Bolts, of course, who puts this together every year. And everybody this is here. Astro Line. I'm Steve Sparks. Thank you. We'll be back next Sunday night. Uh, Todd Callis and myself will host that show. Take care. Huddle up. Players, please. Huddle up. Huddle up. Let's win the World Series. You've been listening to Sports Talk 790 Astro Line, the official off-season show of Astros baseball. It's time to get soaked. Brought to you by Pluckers Wing Bar. If you don't like their wings, they'll give you the bird. Astros are world champions, and here we go! Post your questions and comments on social media. Just be sure to hashtag Astroline on Sports Talk 790, home of the Strohs. Back to you! <laughs> Out of popping.